Welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, where we explore the mindset, behavior, and success strategies of high-achieving women. It's an inspirational show that helps ambitious women maximize their performance from the inside out and thrive in the world of business. I'm your host, Shona Rowan, inspirational speaker, mindset and high-performance coach, and founder of the Psychology of Successful Women Career and Business Acceleration Programs. On each episode, you will hear insightful conversations with trailblazing women about how they have built a successful career or thriving business and how they cope with setbacks and challenges. Most importantly, each episode will help you sharpen your mindset, share practical advice, and inspire you to take your success to the next level. On today's episode of the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, I'm excited to be speaking with Emma Vassallo. Emma has over 25 years of experience in banking and financial services and currently holds the role of Global Account Manager for Global Banks at IHS Market, a leading source of information, analytics and expertise for business, finance and governments. Emma joined IHS Market in 2013 following an eight-year career break to bring up her three children. Prior to that, she had a successful career in various sales roles in Global Banks in London where she specialised in structured credit and credit derivatives. With over 25 years of experience, Emma is now responsible for managing senior customer relationships, leading business development and growth strategy across the business globally. We discuss her fascinating career journey in financial services, her eight-year career break to bring up her three children and her practical tips and advice for other people returning to the workforce after a period of extended leave, the importance of role models, mentors and sponsors, some of her core values as a leader, her passion for empowering women, and so much more. So Emma, welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. It's great to have you on the show today. Hi, Shana. Thank you so much for inviting me onto this podcast. It really is a pleasure to be here talking to you today. I've really loved working with you in the past and so happy to be part of the podcast. Oh, thank you. And likewise, I've always really enjoyed the work we've done together too. So perhaps to get started, you could tell our listeners about yourself and your career journey all leading up to your current role as Managing Director in Global Account Management at IHS Market in London. Uh, thank you, Shana. So um, I guess just starting at the beginning, a little bit about me. Um, yeah. Most people assume I'm English, but I'm in fact Maltese um, and spend most of my childhood living in Libya, um, which is where my father was working at the time. And I also spent a few years living in Spain. Um, wow. As a result, I've always had a very international perspective, um, which mm. has influenced the type of companies I've worked for. Um, After leaving university with a business degree, I went straight into banking, where I worked in a few different sales and business development roles in global banks. And working on trading floors, as you can imagine, in the early 90s was an interesting experience. Um, I was was one of very few women, um, but I was really lucky enough to work in great teams um, throughout that time. Um, I started working in the credit derivative and structured credit business, um, and it was just in its infancy and really was at the forefront of a sort of new era of financial markets. Um, And so, you know, I was working in very small, innovative teams, which was really very exciting. Mm. Um, So I was at the peak of my career, Shona. I was loving what I was doing. (laughs) And then I decided to step away from it all when I had my first child. Mm. Um, A very unusual move, but I imagine probably more common than we think. Um, I really just couldn't see how I could do what I did. You know, I was commuting into the city every day, long hours Mm. at work, the travel, um, and alongside having children, I just couldn't see how that would work. 
Um, and I really had very few, if any, role models to look to for guidance. Mm. So I took the really hard decision to stop work altogether. Um, I remember the night before I went in to resign, very much feeling that I was closing a door permanently and mm. there would be no way back. A very scary thought. Um, so fast forward eight years um, to three children in under four years. Wow. The credit crisis happened, yeah. um, which had really decimated the business I had been in. Um, and I really did feel that the door was very firmly shut. Nonetheless, eight years ago, and after being out of the workplace for eight years and following much soul searching and brainstorming and some life coaching, I decided I'd reach out to some of my old contacts and see if I could get back into the workplace. Um, And one of the many emails I sent out was to my old boss, who had very successfully set up his own business and whose progress I'd been following over the years. Um, And the only, I guess, the only confidence. I had because I had very little confidence at the time was that yeah. he knew me as a pro- the, pro- the professional me before I was the mummy me um anyway he emailed me straight back and asked me to come in for a series of interviews the next day again very scary um um anyway the rest is history I joined what was then market now IHS market eight years ago I'm in the global account management team and I'm now managing um, the relationships of some of the company's largest customers um, and representing the firm at the most senior levels. So that's kind of, that's my journey. You have a fascinating journey and it's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on. I thought, oh, Emma's just got so much of, so many stories and you've got such an inspirational and unique um, career journey that I really wanted to share that with our listeners. So could we dig a little bit deeper into that aspect, Emma? You know, tell us a little bit more about your return from parental leave and how you did adjust after that eight-year break and having your three, you know, children any advice for other people, you know, returning from a, a period of extended leave for any reason? So needless to say, it was incredibly daunting coming back into the <laughs> workplace after such a long time. I mean, there were things that I had no idea had changed, evolved, mm. developed. And I really had to, you know, um, you know learn very, very quickly. Um, and the, also the concept of being a returner was really not very common at that time. Um, yeah. You know, I, I felt like I'd been kind of in a coma, a work coma for <laughs> a long time and was wakening up yeah. into a new workplace. Um, but what I what I had underestimated was how all of my previous work experience and also all the skills that I'd been using on a daily basis, being a full time mother of three, were really to stand me in very good stead in my in my role. You know, yeah. we constantly, you know, negotiating, listening <laughs> juggling things, many things simultaneously, Mm -hmm. being resourceful and also being resilient were all skills that I kind of had in abundance because that's what you have to do. Um, And coupled with all the skills that I had through my working life as well. Um, So it was really, it was difficult, but it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's when I came back and and you, you kind of, you know, my advice, I suppose, to women considering taking a career break or considering coming back from one is to just do it. And, um, you yeah. know, you won't lose your key skill sets and all the experience you've had won't be lost. And I, I think I had underestimated that. Um, I find t- also spending time outside of the workforce um, really gave me a broader perspective and objectivity on how to deal with things at work and how to approach my job, which really has been really valuable um, yeah. and probably more valuable than a lot of other experience I could have had. Mm. Um, so I think now coming back into the workplace after many years has become so much easier. Um, there are some really well-established returner programs that are offered by many, many of the large firms across different industries. So my advice would be do what you think you need to do at the time you need to do it. And there is always a way back in. 
and it's not so hard. Oh, I love that. Because I'm sure a lot of people listening will be thinking, wow, how will I cope? You know, how am I going to feel when I come back? Am I going to, you know, be 10 steps back? Is it going to be hard for me to rebuild? And as we're going to talk about today, because we all know your story is an amazing one and you've gone on to even greater success after this this big break. So thank you so much for sharing um, that inspirational advice for everyone listening in. Now, you're a role model and mentor, Emma, to so many women, both inside your organization and your wider network, both on and offline. I'd love to know, what are some of your tips to help women just build an amazing career on their own terms, to help them maximize their success? You know, any career acceleration strategies for other people dialing in? So, Shane, I think my first piece of advice would be to try and find role models and talk to them about their journey and ask for their support. I felt early on in my career, I saw very few role models. Um, But if I'd looked harder and reached out to those women who were there and there were role models there, it was just harder to see them. Um, I think I would have really benefited from that. Mm. Um, You know, where I work now, we have some great female role models who give so much of their time to supporting other women on their journey. Um, And I think this is really key to building your self-belief building a vision of where you want to go and can go. Um, along, with that, along with that goes trying to find a sponsor. And, and there's a lot of discussion yep. around mentors and sponsors. Um, and I think that finding a sponsor who can really guide and actively support you um, is also really important. Yeah. Um, I think just to add to that, um, you know, I, I still see very few women in senior positions who have three or more children, a partner who works full time. Um, And I really know how important it is for me to be a role model to other women and also to my daughters, um, but other women at early stages of their career. Yeah. Um, You kind of mentioned boosting and accelerating one's career. And I think networking is really important too. Um, It's not always natural or easy for people to do, um, but network within your company, outside of your company. And it really, I think, gives you perspective on your role and the vision on how you can get to where you want to go. Yeah. Well, you shared loads of great uh, tips and advice in there, Emma. I love your one around role models. I know when I look back at my career, you know, if I hadn't had and, and sought out and found those amazing role models, both men and women, I just know I wouldn't have gone on and had some of the opportunities that I had, hadn't like believed in myself in the same way. You know, they do open doors and they do show us what's possible. And I like your distinction around mentors and sponsors as well, because, you know, a lot of companies now are running mentoring programs, but also having that someone that's an actual sponsor, like you said, that will actively support and guide you within a company. I think that's really big for everybody listening in and network. As you and I know, that's how we met. And I think it was a networking event, the first thing that we did together. And you're obviously yeah, brilliant, brilliant. You're brilliant at networking. You're brilliant at building relationships. Um, inside and outside organizations is huge. You know, it's something that I teach a lot when I'm helping my, my coaching clients because, as you said, it can be easily underestimated. We're all busy people. Um, but just how powerful that is cannot be said enough times, I think. And in this global world that we're in, and again, how you and me have stayed in touch, the online as well as the kind of face-to-face world, right? So not underestimating things like LinkedIn and finding ways to stay connected and visible and all those sorts of things with clients and colleagues is really, really key. And I know and you're so great much, at LinkedIn, aren't you, And Emma? it's so much easier to do now, as you say, because, you know, we have all these different methods of keeping keep yeah. connected. So. So find your own way around those sorts of things would be would be um, something for everyone to, you know, listening in to find their own way around the networking piece as well. So 
you're a leader, Emma, in your organization, and it's a big global company. I would love to know, as a leader, what are some of your values, maybe one or two of your key values as a leader that you kind of live by that you would love to share? Because I know a lot of our listeners are leaders or they're aspiring and emerging leaders, and leadership's obviously an enormous topic, but you know, some of those values that drive you as a leader and the things that you do. So I, Shane, I would probably say that the sort of two most, I have two most important values I do try to live by and and also guide me as a leader. And the two are integrity and empathy. Um, And I think, Mm. you know, having integrity is so key to me in, in, you know, as it involves being honest, um, honest with my colleagues, but also with myself. Um, And I think it really helps to build a culture of trust and respect. Um, And I think in the workplace, this is becoming ever more important. Um, to really have that trust and respect with your team, but with people yeah. you work for, that people work for you. Um, empathy, again, ever more important, especially what we've all been living through over the last year. You know, as a mother, I, I feel leading with empathy comes very naturally, um, but it's also being recognized as a key value in the workplace. Um, and I think we've seen companies over the last year who have not had enough um, empathy in their leadership have really struggled. Um, and I think yeah. it's becoming more important. And I really feel that it's very natural for me to have empathy, um, mm. but also the sort of, you know, coupled with integrity, um, I would probably put those two as my most important, my most important values. I love both of those and having seen you and known you for many years, I can vouch for the fact that you live by those, Emma, and they ripple out of your behaviour and have a positive impact on everyone around you. And I agree. I think integrity, I mean, you know, especially now with everything that's happening in the world, we have to have that as leaders, right? Trust, respect, all those sorts of things and empathy, which links to compassion, you know, again, with all the change and especially what the last 12 months have shown us, that ability to relate to other people and to feel where they're, you know, what they're going through and where they're coming from, huge, hugely important values as leaders in this global and ever-changing world that we're all working in. So I love those. Now, looking back at your career, Emma, and you've had this amazing career, what advice would you give your younger self? You know, you're where you are now and you've got through, you know, lots of setbacks and challenges along the way. If you sort of went back and gave your younger self some advice, what would you tell her? Oh, this is such a difficult one, Shona. There's so <laughs> many things I wish I could have advised I know, I feel the same on. with me. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I suppose a few key things are things that I wish I'd known, um, mm. you know, from the beginning. Um, you know, firstly, I had wi- I wish I had understood that imposter syndrome is something yeah. that many people, particularly women, suffer from. You know, yes. and a, a, you know, a feeling of sort of self doubt and self of inadequacy in your role. Um, and yeah. just by understanding that it exists, it might not get rid of it, but it can help. Mm-hmm. You know, push forwards despite it, um, and not really let it hold you back. And I think so many, so many people, and maybe my younger self didn't realize that, and we thought, you know, felt had to be perfect and do the job one hundred and ten percent. Um, but actually, I think that would have been really important for me to understand. Um, secondly, you know, and I know there are many differing opinions on this, <laughs> but I would tell myself that you can have it all, but just not all at the same time. Mm. Um, you know, our careers take so many paths. You know, some parts of them feel like start long, steady marathons and others short sprints. And yeah. sometimes it's just a slow walk. And even in my case, it was a few steps backwards. Um, but I think there's place for all of that on the journey. And if yeah. I'd understood that the linear sprint to the top is not the only way, it would have yeah. taken the pressure off. And I think allowed mm. me to feel more comfortable with the decisions I took. Um, because I did, 
I did give myself quite a hard time at times about the decisions I took. Um, yeah. So I think that just understanding that everyone's journey is different um, mm. and that doesn't take away from them. Um, you know, I think we, as women, particularly give ourselves a very hard time about making decisions where, you know, either our family or our career have to take a back seat for a while. Um, yeah. But there's room for both of them if you give the other space when it needs it. And I know that mm. things only really work well for me now if I have a certain amount of flexibility in my working life. And, and if I make sure I, you know, I have to ensure that I can be there for my family when they need to need it. Um, but also I have to, you know, give what I need to excel in my job. So yeah. um, a few things there. Yeah, well, I love the one around imposter syndrome because in my job as a coach and speaker and trainer for many, many years, it comes up, I would say, with just about every you know, women that I've worked with, and I know I've definitely had to do lots of work on this within myself over the years. And like you said, um, just knowing that it's like, it's something that a lot of us deal with. It's actually really, really common. It was originally called high achieving women's syndrome, you know, because it's just, it is so common in high achievers. And when you realize you're not the only one and that sense of maybe feeling like a fraud sometime or having those self doubts, you know what? It's really common. It doesn't mean it's true. You know, it's a fear. It's that little voice that jumps up in all of us and, and, yeah, the first time I heard about it, it was a bit of an aha thing for me as well. I was like, wow, I'm not the only one. It's actually really common. Wow, there's loads of research I, I think, on this. Shana, Everyone feels yeah, I like think, this. <laughs> I think, Shana, when you first asked me to do this podcast, my first reaction was, I'm sure you can find more successful women out there. And so... <laughs> You know what, Emma, every single amazing woman I've asked to be on this has said something similar, which again, it's just, it's such a funny thing, right? So for everyone listening in, no matter where you are at in your journey, you know, the most successful women I've ever spoken to, they all say they've definitely had stages of this and moments of this, but, but realizing that it doesn't mean you don't deserve to be there. It's a fearful, you know what I mean? It's an emotion, it's a mindset. um, And a lot of people feel it. So I love that. And it definitely is quite closely linked to things like perfectionism. And your other point around, you know, um, I love the one about your career journey, sort of everyone has their own sort of unique path and you don't have to try and do everything at the same time. I really like that because we can get caught in comparisons and with online social media and all that sort of stuff, you compare your part in your journey to someone else's and you feel like you're behind or whatever it is. So kind of trusting your own path and 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 realising it's not going to be a linear thing. I think that's really important. Like, you know, with me, when I, I went to London and kind of had to rebuild when I first moved there and then when I moved back to Australia to start my business being based here I had stages of rebuild again and you feel sometimes in your career like you are going up and down right but different stages it's sort of you know you're focusing on different things but that sense of that the long-term um what do they call it like the long-term goals Emma like over time and it's a very long road (laughs) yeah like I like that it's kind of like if you look at your career as a marathon and not a sprint then there's going to be dips and dives all along the way. But as long as over time you're kind of on the upward, you know, trajectory, then that's then that's a great thing. So thank you for sharing that. I love those, I love those tips to your younger self. And I love asking people that question because I, I think it's a really interesting one to see what people would say. So if we flip that, Emma, you have um, I'm sure received lots of coaching and mentoring and advice and guidance and opinions from people um, throughout your fabulous career journey. What is one great piece of advice that you have received that you'd love to share with other people listening in? Um, so I think one thing that I, I suppose I wish I'd known or been received much earlier on was, you know, that, you know, you to ask for what you want and don't mm. wait for things to happen to you. 
Um, yeah. And I think I, I really feel that a, a lot of women don't ask enough um, for the next stage or for what they do want. You know, many of us are familiar with the tiara syndrome where women, you know, yeah. think they can achieve recognition for just keeping their heads down, working hard yes. and really excelling at their job. But yeah. actually, we need to look up um, and ask for what we want and not just mm. wait for it to come to us. Um, and again, if I had had, you know, role models, mentors, sponsors uh, very early on, you know, kind of guiding me and telling me you had to do that, um, then I think that that would have been useful. Oh, I love that one. Ask. So for everyone listening in, people aren't necessarily mind readers. People might not even know what you want. Do you know what I mean? Or how ambitious you are. So being really open about that and asking for opportunities and asking for things. I think that's a that's a great tip. Now, you and I met many years ago at a women's event in London. And I know empowering and supporting other women is a huge value of yours. Could you tell us a little bit more about your company's women's network and your role within it at IHS Market? Yeah, so Shona, when I, you know, when I got, I got involved in the women's network when I got came back into the workplace um, after my break, um, and I really just couldn't believe that, you know, we'd moved forward so many in so many areas of the workplace, but there was still a real lack of women throughout the industry, um, and a really an ongoing discussion about how women's careers, you know, how to progress women's careers, um, you know, and having two daughters, I felt really strongly I needed to be involved in this mm. discussion. Um, yeah. You know, so I've been running the women's network at IHS Market at some points globally now in EMEA because we are such an enormous company. Yeah. We have, you know, chapters throughout the world in all our different yeah. offices, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and I really we, we really try to work with the company, with HR, with our learning and development to really to support the whole um, diversity and inclusion agenda that we have at the company um, yeah. to really try to help women progress to next stages and really to, to, to achieve true gender parity yeah. um, at all levels of the organization. Um, so we, you know, we run a number of different events. We met initially, on, yes. you know, at, at some, some of those great events a few years ago. Um, so we run a number of different events. We have speakers coming in. We do a lot of learning and development around that. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's very important um, to mm. be part of that. And I'm really lucky I work for an organization which really prioritizes the diversity yes. and inclusion um, discussion yeah. and is really committed to improving the way things are done. Mm. Absolutely. And I've really loved all the events that we've done. In fact, it feels like just the other day, Emma, but it was a couple of years ago now since we first met on those events back in back in London. So last question I'd love to know from you. Is there an inspirational quote? Is there a guiding principle that you live by or just a final piece of wisdom or advice that you'd love to leave our listeners with? Oh, so I was thinking about this, Shona, and so many wonderful quotes came to mind and so many different things that have influenced me. But, um, you know, so I want to mention one mantra, I suppose, yes. and one guiding principle, and that's so, okay. Yeah. Um, so the key mantra I go back to again and again comes from my father. Um, he's used it throughout my life. It's a particularly helpful when I find things are overwhelming or maybe unmanageable. Um, and he would always say, use the salami technique. One thin slice at a time. And before you know it, you'll get through it all. Maybe it's my Mediterranean background here. Um, and, yeah. you know, we all find situations stressful and, and they yeah. can make it, you know, us feel that it's all too much at times. But I think just taking myself back to use a strategy, just one one small thing at a time. And, and you really find that nothing's insurmountable. So that's mm. my that's my mantra. It's our family's mantra, too. Yeah. So um, that's what I, <laughs> I lean on. Um and I guess a guiding principle I try to live by and work by is to be true to myself. 
um, and also yeah. bring my whole self to work. Um, mm. This is something I found um, very difficult and very hard in the early stages of my working life, where I was one of very few women in a man's world. Um, but over the years, I've learned to do this. And, and I find that I've been so much more fulfilled as a result. So um, being true to myself. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your practical advice and wisdom with our listeners. I've really enjoyed having this conversation today and I look forward to staying in touch. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Shana, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button or go to psychologyofsuccessfulwomen.com to download our free ebook and access a bunch of other resources. See you on the next episode.